You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. The number one thing I see business owners, the business owners that I've worked with and the leaders is they do want to scale. They want to scale. They want, I don't, I don't know. I find that a lot of people are really looking for a sense of peace and calm and contentment. And like the business is just kind of very chaotic and creating a lot of stress for them. And they just want that to quiet down there. They're even questioning, like, do I even want to keep growing? Cause like more people, more sales, more stress. And what I've noticed is, you know, a question I love asking these leaders is how are you, how are you contributing to this thing you say you don't want this business that is draining you? How are you contributing to that? And oftentimes there is this not letting go, not letting the team take more on. And then a lot of leaders, we fall into this trap of, um, we call it servant leadership, but it's, it's not. We, we, uh, we've mistaken caring for people with coddling them and kind of being a caretaker instead of being a caring leader. I, uh, I see this, we, we, we rush in to rescue and fix fix things instead of allowing people to be responsible. I, uh, when I was 11, I told you guys, right. I was doing the team roping thing. My mom met, uh, Bruce for the first time and he invited me to his ranch for a week. He was going to teach me how to team rope. And I remember that night, my mom's like, I I met Bruce and he, he's going to teach you how to team rope. You're going to, I'm going to take you to his ranch next Saturday. And, that day comes and my mom drops me off and she leaves and I'm in the kitchen and I just finished up a bite to eat. And here comes Bruce. All right, go out there, saddle up your horse, meet me in the arena in 15 minutes. We're going to start practice. So I'm like, cool. And I'm walking to the barn to get my horse, Joe. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I, I've never saddled my horse before. Like I've seen others people saddle their horse, but I've, I don't know how to like my mom always saddled my horse. So I get Joe and I, I, I'm like, well, Bruce isn't going to, I'm not going to ask him. Like, I don't want him to know that, you know? And so I tie Joe up to the horse trailer and I grab the saddle and the thing weighs about as much as I do. And I, like, <laughs> okay. I, I hoist it up there and it gets about above my chest and I can't, even, I'm like, this is not going to, but I was determined. And I, I found a, a feed bucket under the horse trailer and I flipped, made a stool out of it. And I kind of got a running start, jumped up, plopped that saddle down and cinched it up and, I got on the back of my horse and I rode into the arena, but it was something that was different. Like I was riding taller in the saddle. And what I learned is you don't really feel like a, a real cowboy until you saddled your own horse. And that's what these leaders, this is what we need to be doing as leaders is creating an environment where everyone saddles their own horse, where there's just an expectation where um, we just let people saddle their own horses because that day I grew up, like that was a defining moment in my life. And I believe as leaders, we can give those gifts to our employees and our team members when we start to see them as powerful and kind of get out of their way and stop rescuing and helping them so much. 
let them struggle because that's where the growth comes. What does it look like when leaders are coddling their employees too much? Well, a story I often share, like I, I, I'm in a lot of conference rooms working with leadership teams. They bring me in to just kind of call out the elephants in the room and, and get the get people communicating again. And oftentimes when that happens, somebody inevitably will will break down in tears. Like they like there will be a dam that breaks and they're they're in it. The emotions are flowing. And as soon as the tears come, what what do I see? I see the leader quickly go looking for the box of tissues. He hands that person a box of tissues and, and he goes on and tells them, it's going to be okay. Um, what can we do to help you? Maybe we, maybe I can take some of your customers for a while and, and maybe just, just slow down, take a break. We rescue them. We try to solve their issue. And I'm sitting in there in the room as the coach and I'm like, God, like, dang it. Like, don't do that. Because when, when their tears are flowing, like breakthroughs come from breakdown. So as a coach, I'm like, Oh my God. Like just if you would have just let that person stay in their discomfort a little bit longer, there was an opportunity right then and there to teach them how to saddle their own horse. But instead, you reach for the box of tissues and are told it was going to be okay, and and you started taking away the pressure. And so, this is how we 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 lose sight of the fact that the person on the other side of the conference table they are powerful, they are responsible, and our job as leaders, I believe, is to help them see themselves as powerful. And so keep the responsibility, keep the ownership with that person. And what that looks like is when they're in that, ask them. Well, first of all, I acknowledge and validate. You know what? It's understandable that you're feeling exhausted right now considering you're working 70 hours a week traveling and you missed your daughter's recital last week. You know, totally understand that you're, that, that you're feeling burnout. Just acknowledge and validate. Because as soon as you just share with, show them that you've been listening, inevitably their whole body language kind of just does a, ah, yeah, it has been hard. Now, asking them a powerful question like, well, what, what do you need to be different so that you can get back to being your best? I've seen you at your best. What do you need right now that you're not getting? Like keeping them responsible for creating their own solution. That's what we, we, seldom do as leaders and we need to get back to because the more we rescue people and jump in and ask them if we can help them we're communicating to them as someone who needs our help and that's just not true 99 percent of the time it's not true yeah well and, what you're saying is re- uh, man that's resonating a lot like i can look back on my career as a leader and identify several times where i've done that to people where i've unintentionally disempowered them by assuming that they need me to save them from whatever problem is causing them frustration or, um, you know, any number of bad feelings in that moment. How do I balance that though with a, the feeling of, Hey, I, I want, this is, this is what's going through my head if an employee is crying to me about how they're frustrated, right? Is, well, I, immediately believe their assessment of the situation. (laughs) If they are crying because they're overworked, I immediately believe it. And the reason I immediately believe it is because that seems a better outcome than, or a better reflection of the business I've set up in my relationship with this person than for me to immediately 
discount it. Discount it. Right? No, you're not overworked. Yeah. If I, <laughs> yeah. I one, I want them to feel like I hear them. So I don't, I don't want to be an over demanding uh, employer or leader. Um, I, I believe, I believe they're competent and powerful, strong people. So if they are breaking down saying, Hey, I'm overworked, I believe that versus, versus me thinking, okay, I've hired this whining, complaining, yeah, incompetent idiot who's going to break down anytime they have any type of real resistance. Right. Yeah. So I love that you saw that because I am not, um, seeing past the story. I'm, I believe them too. Like, yeah, I believe that you are overworked. Like if you're coming with the emotions and like, you're, you're like, yeah, agree. This, this really doesn't look like it's working for you. This current approach to how you're approaching the job. Now this sounds cold, but, um, the second I jump in to rescue them, that's a kind of a dramatic word, but we come in, it's, it's the, um, I can't think of the guy's name, the drama triangle though. Like whenever you rescue somebody, you automatically put them, whether they want to be there or not, you put them in a victim position. You just do. Yeah. And so what I'm suggesting is, um, yeah, this is serious. This really isn't work. This is causing, this is real pain that they're in and they are powerful to create a way out of it though. And that's our job as leaders is, and, and I'm also saying it's not just to go through the motions and be like, you know, and, and give them a little pat on the back. And I believe in you and you can do this. No, it's like, listen for how might you be contributing to that overwhelm, but you're, you're coming from a place of listening, th- th- helping them solve their own challenge. But then wherever you see the organization or the way in which we're doing things might be creating that you're willing to say, what if we change that? But what you're not doing is quickly jump into the assumption of like, oh, they're overwhelmed. They need my help here. Let me just take that off your plate and we can do yeah. this. And just yeah. why don't why don't you just slow down for a while? Like, yeah, if uh, I do that enough, I'm going to be the one crying in the break room. And right. that's that's my client. <laughs> then they, they're they like, it's like, well, you created that. You keep you keep you're not keeping the responsibility with your team. You keep taking it away from them. And, and nobody wins when that happens. It's just. Yeah, I think there's two questions that help when you get to that point when you're when you're dealing with something like that. One is uh, that we, you know, we, remember we talked with Michael Sherlock on the podcast uh, some time back, and the question that we learned from from Michael was just tell me more about that. In other words, giving that person space to explain in this example you know, why they felt overworked or whatever it is, and and learning more about that. And I had a conversation with Kathy Colby a few months ago founded the, you know, the Colby corporation. Mm-hmm. And she said her, her favorite question is what would you like to see happen? Oh yeah. Just in other words, you get to that point and just say, what would you like to see happen? Giving them that power to say, how do you see? Cause it might, solving? yeah, they might not say less work. Well, and, and it doesn't mean that I have to agree with whatever they say. Right. And I might, they might say, well, I'd like to work half time. And then, you know, you can say, well, you know, tell me how that would work. Right. And, you know, explain to me how I would do that. Right. You know, using sort of the Chris Voss, you know, uh, never split the difference type approach. But um, yeah, the, the, I, I think listening and empathetic listening is a huge part of getting somebody out of that funk, but also giving them the power to, to fix it. As you said. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable for us to do that. Um, oftentimes 
we can be just as uncomfortable, if not more uncomfortable, watching somebody suffering. I think we're, we are compassionate leaders. We, we, we do care so much for people that we just can't stand them struggling. And so we want to help them. We just, oh, I just want to help you. Um, but I like to challenge the status quo. like, if you truly want to serve and be that servant leader, like if you look at the, like Google, the definition of servant leadership, I don't have it memorized, but the essence of servant leadership is leading in a way that creates leaders, that leads in a way that creates responsibility in others. Nowhere in servant leadership does it say we walk around and carry people and, and, and like we, we, we help them grow up in a, in a very loving way. So that's what I love most about servant leadership. But I think so many of us have, have lost sight of the tr true essence of what it means to serve somebody in that way as a leader. for making the great decision to listen into this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Singer Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.